I have no idea. It's Awesome Dave's Counting Channel. Awesome Dave. Awesome Dave's Counting awesome Channel. Awesome Dave. 677. 678. 679. 680. 681. 682. You got me? 683. Come on, keep up. 684. It's counting. 285 of Blast Points. This is Jason. And this is Gabe. This is a really serious episode of Blast Points we have here. We're talking about a very important subject relating to Star Wars. The 100-minute mark in the Star Wars films. We're thinking about time. We're thinking about numbers. We're counting the minutes as they go by. Some serious counting going on. What happens at one hour... 40 minutes in each Star Wars film. What happens? How do we rank those moments? Once you've seen a movie a million times, there's only so many things you can do. And one of them is to just arbitrarily jump to 100 minutes and see how it makes you feel. And we're going to do that 11 times. You know, here at Blast Points, we like to ask the questions that Star Wars fans are wondering about. I don't know about you folks, but... I'm always hearing, what about the 100-minute mark in each movie? Let's talk about it. Other podcasts, YouTube things, they don't have the guts. <laughs> you, you know, you tell us Empire Strikes Back's the best one. Okay, well, what happens at 100 minutes? <laughs> Is it really the best one? Make Solo 2 happen. Well, what happens at the Solo 100-minute mark? Do you still want Solo 2 to happen? Yeah. Is it really worthy? <laughs> We're going to find out. We're going to get to the bottom of it, and we're going to bring you along for the ride. Maybe. There's tons of people who are like, oh, I'm just going to wait till next week. <laughs> maybe, they'll, maybe they'll be talking about something real then. I never got through all them Dengar episodes anyway. I'll go back to those. <laughs> There's 24 Dengar episodes. What, I don't know what's going on. But before we get to this very, very serious subject... There's something else really important going on. It's October. We're talking about time. We're talking about moving through time. And 2021 has moved through time far enough to the ultimate 100-minute mark of 2021. It's an Oktoberfest. <laughs> This is our third, fourth Snoketober. I don't, I, I don't know. I really don't know. It's always been Snoketoberfest. <laughs> when was it ever not? So this year we're doing something a little different for Snoketoberfest. We're subverting expectations, as some folks say. Let the past die. Play it really slow if you have to. We're getting, you know, we're getting ready. 2022 is going to be an extremely busy year in Star Wars for all of us and we just kind of gotta take it slow for a little bit coming up Book of Boba Fett is weeks away 
what's that going to do to us? I don't know. We just, you got to take it easy these next few months. You got to kind of take it slow. And I think Snoke knows all about taking it slow. Snoke works slow. He sounds kind of like a monster. Yeah, it, it almost doesn't sound funny. It's just actually scarier. <laughs> Maybe this didn't work out so well. But, I, you know, I'm always a big fan of just anything slowed down. For some reason, that's always hilarious. Yeah, really. And, you know, it's good to hear him take a good deep breath. I'm a big fan of the evil left. It's good still. You know, maybe maybe Palpatine was Jabba too. And we're just, you know, he was he was everybody. Don't just don't just don't give him don't start spreading ideas. Somebody's gonna be listening and they're gonna be taking notes. <laughs> so yeah, every week it's gonna be something a little different for Snoketoberfest this year. What's it gonna be next week? I don't know, you're gonna have to tune in and find out. We might not even know. No, I don't think we do. <laughs> Snoketoberfest. <laughs> don't be alarmed. It's only a laser sword fight. Don't be scared. It's only the Death Star destroying another world. Relax. It's only a movie, and it's all for fun. Director George Lucas and 20th Century Fox present Star Wars. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. So it's the 10th month of the year. 10 times 10. What does that equal? 100. 100 minutes in the Star Wars movies. What happens? What is going on? How do we rank this vitally important 100-minute moment in each film? Before we get started and before we reveal our ranking of these 100-minute moments, Gabe, what was some similarities you noticed in the 100-minute mark? In the saga. Multiple movies are in the beginning a action scene with spaceships. Multiple movies have scenes with just people talking. It's not as consistent as I thought it would be, but there are like groupings of the people talking movies, the action movies. And then there's a few just like, what the heck is this? <laughs> Once. But the one thing that I thought was interesting going through these vitally important 100-minute mark moments was a lot of them was the prelude to the conclusion. We're getting the build-up to the conclusion. And I've never really thought about that in Star Wars movies that much, that they all kind of do have that kind of like, we're not in the big bombastic ending yet, but this is kind of easing you into the big ending yeah, it's you're right. It's the it's like the warm up to the start of the end. Like I said, I really appreciated that and I thought it was really interesting and in how each 100 minute mark also is kind of reflective of the movie overall. Like they're all there's not there's only a couple that are kind of sim- really similar, but you're going to hear as we go through this a lot of them are pretty wildly different. No, that's a good point because it is that even when they're different, it is still like it's like the calm before the storm in a way of like something's happening, getting ready for the big thing to happen that builds to the big climax at the very end. It's like they're they're lighting the the wick on the explosion at the hundred minute mark. It's, it's the spark that lights the fire <laughs> that burns the whole movie down. Yeah. And listen, we wanted to do the Clone Wars movie, and we wanted to do the Ewok movies, 
But what, Clone Wars is one hour, 39 minutes, which I was really excited. I thought maybe we could judge Clone Wars by the credits, but we couldn't. And each Ewok movie is one hour, 36 minutes. So not even close. Well, kind of close, but. Close enough to be even more disappointing because it would be different if they were like, you know, way off. But they're all three are so close. I know. So we wanted to. But yeah, before you go listen to this, you didn't talk about Clone Wars. Well, you know. It's it's a minute shy. We couldn't even do the Lucasfilm animation thing at the end, which I was hoping that would be something we could do, but <laughs> we couldn't. But let's get this list going. Let's get this party started. Let's start with episode one. We're going to go in what? Chronological story order? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. So we're going to go one through nine, and then we're going to do Rogue One and Solo after that. So, yeah, we're starting with Phantom Menace. <laughs> we're sticking to the math, and we're just adding numbers together. So the ones that don't have numbers, we'll just put at the end because that just confuses everything. It's counting. That's what we're doing. We're counting. Some people call it counting. Some people call it math. Okay. So let's start then with The Phantom Menace. And the 100-minute mark in Phantom Menace is an epic epic scene with captain tarples he's on his cladu they're about to have the little meeting in the enchanted forest with the statues on naboo odagunga whatever and tarples introduces queen amidala of the naboo your honor queen amidala of the naboo gabe how does this scene rank on your list yeah, this scene, this is definitely, this was the first one I saw because when I was going to look at the 100-minute mark, I started with number one, and this was a very good example of, okay, yeah, this was a good idea because you literally, you click on 100 minutes, and yeah, it's Captain Tarples. It was really, really, really good, but I put it as number two. I had to put it as number two. Uh when we get to number one, maybe it'll make sense, maybe it won't, but it was good, but there was one a little bit better. Well, surprise, surprise, Lando in disguise. This is my number one. It's all downhill for you. <laughs> so this, yeah, this, out of all those Star Wars movies, this is my favorite hundred minute mark. I've always had a soft spot for Captain Tarples, and this is one of my favorite Captain Tarples moments. And I really, really love this scene in The Phantom Menace. All of it. I am Queen Amadala. I love the way it looks. I love the weirdness of it. And I love just Captain Tarples introducing Amadala. I just, it's, it's a purely sentimental, nostalgic Phantom Menace love pick. And yeah, I was like with you, and I also started with Phantom Menace. I was like, well, I'm going to go in order. And I was just like, well... It's going to be hard to top that. <laughs> no, this was the one like I ended up just, I just let the movie keep playing. Cause I was like, Oh, I got to see the Gungan babies and kids. I guess there's no Gungan babies. I take that back. It's just Gungan kids. That would be too, that would be too intense if there were Gungan babies, but they're Gungan kids. The Gungan kids could be one of the most underrated things in all of Phantom Menace. Or I remember being in the theater and seeing Gungan kids and just like <gasps> gasping. But we've never had Gungan Kid merch anything ever. There weren't even Gungan Kids in Clone Wars, even with that, right? With Peppy Bow and all that, we never got a Gungan Kid. Peppy Bow. Can we get Peppy Bow in something ever again? Something. I hope so. I love Peppy Bow. Well, it's a great scene. It's a great 100 minute mark. We're starting out high. It was your number two, it was my number one. But we've got to move on to Attack of. The clones. Another absolutely epic moment in Attack of the Clones. Gabe, yeah. Uh, yeah. do the honors. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be this moment, but I was very happy that it was. It starts, you see C-3PO, he's on a conveyor belt, and he immediately gets his head cut off. I wonder what happened to poor little Artu. He's always getting himself into trouble. Oh no! Almost exactly. Yeah. When it goes to one hour and 40 minutes is when the whoop and 3PO's head just gets clean taken. It's like right on the dot. It's kind of eerie. Yeah. And that's why this is my number one. I am a sucker for 
the whole part of the movie where 3PO has his head on a battle droid and the battle droid head is on 3PO and it's the most outrageous 3PO one-liner jokes in any of the movies. So the fact that this 100 minute is the very beginning of that sequence, I had to make it number one. I totally understand. I, I could have predicted that probably. It's number four for me. It's still, it's in the top five. I just appreciated, yeah, like I said, it's almost exactly at the one hour, 40 minute mark when the head just gets wiped right off. I know at this point I was like, man, this hundred minute stuff is just action packed. (laughs) Okay, let's move on. Revenge of the Sith, Star Wars Episode 3. This will change a pace. This one, right at a hundred minutes, it's Obi-Wan and Padme in Padme's little apartment on Coruscant. And it's Obi-Wan like saying, Padme, I, I, I must find him. And Padme saying, you're going to kill him, aren't you? That's the hundred minute mark. Padme, I must find him. You're going to kill him, aren't you? Heavy duty stuff. Drama. It's not all Gungans on Kadus and decapitated droids. Sometimes it's just pure old-fashioned drama. Dave, where did you rank this on your 100-minute mark? I actually put this at number nine. Wow. I think for me, starting with Captain Tarples, going second into Attack of the Clones, I like my 100 minutes to be (laughs) action-packed. So even though it's some heavy-duty drama... It's still, it it went to the bot towards the bottom of the pack for me. I put this at number three just because it was, I, you know, I I jumped straight to it and I was like, what's Revenge of the Sith going to be? Think the same thing you were doing. And when it was this, I was like, well, that's very appropriate. (laughs) True. And I was like, just kind of fast forwarding to this moment and jumping in right to Padme saying like, you're going to kill him, aren't you? And I was just like, wow. Just just watching that scene kind of just like, boom. Just out of the blue. You don't know what scene you're going to get in Revenge of the Sith, and it's that. And I was just like, wow, oh, yeah, this is a maybe the heaviest Star Wars has ever gotten. And I was like, Ewan McGregor's performance is awesome. Natalie Portman is awesome. We were doing this on Disney+, Plus, and I was like, holy smokes, does Revenge of the Sith look good on Disney+. Plus? And I was just like, okay, cool. That's Revenge of the Sith. Awesome. Let's keep going. So, yeah, I gave it a high rating. That's the magic of the 100 minute. You don't know. You don't know what you get. You don't know how you're going to feel. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's kind of Star Wars. It's, it's, a little, it's a little different for everybody. You talk, you know, as, as we all know. <laughs> We've got to move on. A New Hope. Have you heard of it? Star Wars Episode Four. This is a hot, hot, hot scene. This is a really important scene. Yeah, this was not the scene I was expecting it was going to be. But when I realized what scene it was, I was like, of course, it's this scene. (laughs) This is perfect. It's the pre-Death Star battle briefing where they're watching the Death Star plans on the big screen. Dodonna's breaking it down. Well, the Empire doesn't consider a small one-man fighter to be any threat, or they'd have a tighter defense. Star Wars, right there, on the screen. <laughs> old, old dudes with dubbed voices talking about space stuff while people look at lines on a TV screen. Talking a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> so, Gabe, where, how did you rank this one? This was number four for me. Even though it wasn't an action scene, it's one of the most Star Wars-y parts of Star Wars. So, yeah, it, it, it had to be up there pretty high. Yeah, I put this at number five, so we're pretty close on this one. It's, yeah, again, it's in my top five, and I was just, it's, yeah, it's pretty classic. I, I never get tired of this scene in general. Just the, the entire Death Star planning room, bootleg wedge. Yeah, the guy in... In front of them, the kid in front of them with the amazing hair, who I kept thinking about him during the scene, how much we need a a Black Series figure of him with his hair. Or just his hair. They don't even have to make a figure. Just six a six-inch 
mold of his hair in a box. Somebody call up Tom Spina and tell him we just need a wig head with that hair on it. Oh, to sell the wig. That's all the kids want. A Black Series wig. Come on, they haven't done it yet. Why not? Celebration 2022 exclusive. Just the Black Series wig. Will they sell those Black Series helmets? Right. So they got the helmets. So when are the wigs coming? <laughs> that guy's wig. Maydeen's beard. Yeah. A Black Series Merrick mustache. Come on. Everybody would buy it. Everybody would buy it. Yeah. Everybody. That Halloween, every kid coming to your door would have a beautiful reddish brown mustache. And, and a winning smile. And the other, and the long wavy New Hope kid hair. You would just mix them all together. Why not? The mustache, the long hair. Okay, so we've got to move on. The Empire Strikes Back. The 100-minute mark in The Empire Strikes Back, it's an action-packed moment where stormtroopers are shooting at Luke. It's right after the Leia kind of sneaking around the corner. Luke, the trap! (laughs) Yeah, it's literally right after that. All the action happens. Leia says, Luke, it's a trap. And then nothing happens for the next 10 seconds. Luke walks around in silence, pretty much. The 100-minute mark really is Luke peeking around a corner, and there's two burning holes in the wall. That's the 100-minute mark. It's potentially the most boring part of the entire movie. But, but, okay, wait, okay, wait, before we get to the butts, where did, where did you rank it? Uh, Ten. Yeah, see, it's number nine for me. So we're we're pretty <laughs> close again. Though I have a huge amount of appreciation for this scene because, it, like we said, it's the calm buildup. Because literally, Luke starts wandering around the halls of Cloud City, and it's like empty and quiet. And it's right after that he goes into the duel with Vader. This scene is like when you buy frozen hamburger patties and there's a hunk of meat and then there's that like piece of wax paper and then there's another hunk of meat. This is the wax paper between the two big hunks of meat. I never ever would have made that (laughs) connection, but I, yeah, okay. So, you know, on its own, wax paper is a pretty amazing invention, but when it's just, you know, between two juicy burgers, the burgers take the cake at that point. But that wax paper, you just throw it in the trash. And I would not throw Luke wandering around the halls of creepy Cloud City in the trash. Okay. But you made it number nine. So you're not that big of a fan of the wax paper. Well, and I was thinking there was some crew person at Pinewood Studios or Elstree. Where where did they film Empire? Was it Elstree or Pinewood? Somebody's listening to this screaming right now. But they had to light a little fire in those little holes and i was i was thinking about that person when i watched this scene no it's a cool scene it, it is if it was anywhere else in the movie it would seem even cooler it's just well all right i take it it makes the it makes the the scene before and after it that much cooler because it gives you a, a chance to take a breath it does yeah and the the black stormtrooper blaster <laughs> holes against the white wall it's a pretty cool look, and Luke popping out in his gray jumpsuit as well. It's, it's all pretty cool. But if you're if you're representing the entire film by the hundred minute mark, it's it's not it's not the best uh, example of the rest of the film. Okay, I can give you that. But it is a moment of quiet, which you could say that the Empire Strikes Back is maybe the most reflective, at least of the original trilogy. That's true. You are right that it is, yeah, the 100 minute is kind of representative of the whole movie. So, and yeah, okay. Maybe we maybe we both did Empire Strikes Back wrong and it should have been higher on our list. You know, when you got tarples on a clad do and you got 3PO's <laughs> head getting ripped off, it's just, it's hard to compete. You got Padme talking about you got to go kill Anakin. I mean, that's that's some heavy duty stuff right there. Return the Jedi. Gabe, what happens at the 100-minute mark in the ROTJ? Immediately, there are Ewoks, and they're priming a catapult to shoot at an ATST. Which is what my heart does whenever I think about Return of the Jedi. The little Ewoks in my heart 
pull back the catapult and it shoots explosions of heart love. Where did you rank Return of the Jedi in your list? It's number three. Wow. It's number eight for me. I know. I couldn't figure out what what what's wrong with you. <laughs> because it I get where it doesn't like it's not a like, oh my gosh moment where these other ones are because it's kind of like just in the middle of the scene in a way but it's like prime return of the jedi action i placed it at number eight because this is the moment in the ground battle in on endor where the ground battle is not going so well they can't get into the bunker the ewoks in the beginning of that battle are not doing very well like the Ewoks' first push in battle kind of fails because there's that ATST just kind of going through the forest and shooting at Ewoks. It's not, it's really not going well. And that's kind of why I put it at number eight because I'm like, this is kind of the bummer part of the ground battle. Like the space battle is not going well at this point either. Okay, I get that. You're, you got, you're bringing some uh, Return of the Jedi baggage to this moment. You're not just appreciating the moment for the moment's sake. But yeah, okay, I get it. It's hard for me not to like <laughs> get too involved in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> it, just, it, it bums me out a little bit because then, you know, like not too long after this, R2 gets shot and we got a dead Ewok on the ground and it's like there's smoke everywhere and it's like, oh my God, what is going to happen here? I was really worried when I clicked on the, the 100 minute mark that it was going to be the dead Ewok and that I would have I would have had to stop. I would have had to stop for the night. <laughs> It'd all be canceled. We change it to the 102 minute mark or something. We'd be calling each other in the middle of the night. We can't do 100 minutes. Just, we can't do it. It's got to be 95, 96, maybe 102, which is not 100. Let's move on to episode seven, The Force Awakens. We got Poe Dameron, we got X-Wings, and we got X-Wings flying towards their mission. Almost at range. Hit the target dead center as many runs as we can get. Approaching target. Get them or not. It's a cool scene because it really, like, the 100-minute mark is almost exactly on Snap Wexley saying approaching target. But, I, yeah, I, this is, and I, I put Force Awakens at number six for me. Where did, where did you put this on your list? I had it at number seven. Oh, okay, yeah, pretty close, pretty close. Yeah. I kept going with this scene because I was just like, again, it's like kind of, it was like watching Galaxy of Sounds the other day. I don't know. I still have a real soft spot for The Force Awakens, even though like the movie's only like six years. I'm talking about it like it's like a 30 year old movie or something. But I feel like I'm always in the mood to watch Force Awakens and like the Galaxy of Sound scenes. I was just like, oh, God, I love that movie. And watching these scenes again, kind of like Revenge of the Sith, just kind of fast forwarding to that moment and being like, oh, what a cool scene. And like, oh, look, there's Nine Numb. And oh. My old friend, Elo Asti. I've missed you so much, Elo Asti. Ah, direct hit, <laughs> but no damage. Just a, just a few seconds later, there's the but no damage part, and it's just all the happiness. I really miss Elo Asti. I do, too. I do, too. We got that tease with his brother on Resistance, and then he's just gone. And there was the Elo Asti talking to Poe in the last show. Poe, Poe, Poe. Poe, start to sing a song. What do you know, Poe? Where do we go, Poe? And watching this scene, too, it, it really took me back to being in the theater in 2015 and just like, oh, my God, it's X-Wings flying towards like a big base. Look at that. This looks so cool. It looks so great. And I was like, man, we are so spoiled rotten with Star Wars right now. <laughs> We're getting Mandalorian's kicking people in the in the face flying into the air with a jetpack and kicking somebody and i'm like and we're just like that's cool we're not you know, like we should be jumping out the windows we're we're only a, a few years past force awakens and like you said it's like oh look it's quaint old force awakens from so long ago such a simpler time we were so young then so full of life <laughs> but it's a good scene cool scene elo snap wexley 
It's fun stuff. Really fun stuff. Okay, The Last Jedi. So this is very much, I felt like, in the vein of Revenge of the Sith, where it is Star Wars drama with a capital D with Leia and Poe kind of talking about everything with Holdo. That could work. She was more interested in protecting the light than she was seeming like a hero. Where did you put this on your ranking? I put this at six. Wow. Okay. All right. I I picked number two. This is my number two. This is right after Tarples on the Cladu, which makes total sense. Why? So why why did you pick six for this moment? It was one of drama or talking that were higher than action. So it actually was rated very high relative to the slow parts. And I think for me, I mean, this is, I got this right next to Revenge of the Sith for me. Revenge of the Sith is three, this is two. And I think, yeah, for a similar reason, just kind of jumping in, watching this scene as a representative for The Last Jedi, it was like, that makes sense. And again, I love Carrie Fisher's performance. I love Oscar Isaac with Poe here. I love the look on Poe's face when Leia explains that she was more interested in protecting the light than acting like a hero. And Poe's just kind of like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of it's Poe's leadership lesson at that moment. And he regrets all the stuff he said about Holdo or questioning what she was doing. And that the fact that Holdo made that sacrifice at that moment to protect the light and didn't necessarily have to get in an X-Wing and blow stuff up like Poe wanted to in the beginning of the movie. And that's what kind of what real leadership is and not just kind of showing off. And same thing with like Revenge of the Sith. I was just like Last Jedi, chef's kiss, right back at you there. Yeah. Yeah. Those two, you jump right in to like the heaviest of the heavy moments. It's a good, it's a good representation of Last Jedi. So up next, number nine, the rise of Skywalker. It's pretty much exactly the same scene from Force Awakens. <laughs> Which I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I was like, wow. Okay. It's they just came out of the red pathway to Exegol and they come right out. And they see the 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 Sith fleet of star destroyers, right? Mm-hmm. And it's there's a couple shots of Poe's face, and Poe says some stuff, and then the ships charge towards their objective. Look at that fleet! Damn it! Welcome to Exegol. Where did you put this on your ranking? I put it. At eight, right after Force Awakens, because I was like, well, it's the same scene as Force Awakens. And if Force Awakens was seven, I kind of got to make this one eight because it's really the same thing. Then do you have the same feelings about this scene as in the Force Awakens one? In in like a 10 second increment? Yeah. I was like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready for for some action here. I was excited in the in the small dose. I was like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to watch some more of this. This is exciting. I put it at this is this is my number eleven. All right, I don't know. But <laughs> well, see, we're seeing you take the hundred minute moment, and it brings back your feelings of, the, I guess, the whole picture, right? Where I think I'm focusing more on how I feel in that just that moment, and I'm not thinking about the the future a minute later of what's going to happen. I'm, I'm looking at the, the macro You're doing the micro Just living in the moment 100 minutes It is interesting yeah, how similar it is to Force Awakens The Force Awakens one We're going against the backdrop of Starkiller Base And there's snow And it's very blue and white outside And in The Rise of Skywalker It's like space And there's like they're like out in like way out in nowhere Exegol space. And I don't even know if there's stars or anything. It's just like black. Yeah. It's a different take on the same thing, but I don't know. There's some cool shots in there. 
out of context, all the Star Destroyers like just look really cool, and it's it's a neat little bit there. I did, yeah, and I did really like fast forwarding to that part, and all the ships going through that red weird path to Exegol. That did it. It looked really cool. Yeah, that part is really neat. Okay, let's move on. Rogue One. What happens at the 100-minute mark at Rogue One? This is very similar to Empire Strikes Back in a way where it is not a glamour shot of 100 minutes. It's Bodhi kind of in the middle of a sentence, isn't it? Like, it's kind of a, it's, it's like the weirdest one, I think. Wait, wait uh, I can't, I'm not, I'm not hooked into the, to the comms tower. We're, we're not, we're not tied in. It's the only way we're getting them out of here. Find a way. Cover our backs. Yeah, it's almost like with all the cool stuff in Rogue One, they they didn't get the memo that the 100-minute mark was supposed to be special. <laughs> they didn't know about this episode ahead of time. Where where did you rank this moment? That, that was my number 11. That was my the bottom of my list. Yeah, yeah. See, I had it at number 10. But I do think that this scene is very important and is, like we said, the 100-minute the mark can be the buildup to the epic conclusion. And it really kind of is because they they got to get that shield gate down. And the quest to get it down turns into a really important thing. Like, I think especially of Chirrut and his trip across, like, the battlefield. No, and it, it is, and it is. It's almost like Bodhi being a hero for the second time. Like, he's already kind of a hero because he's the one that decided to tell people what was really going on. But this is where he really starts having to kind of put his life on the line and go out and find the cable and all the stuff that he does that makes it so everyone else can do what they need to do. I always forget kind of in Rogue One that Bodhi like defected from the Empire like directly to go find Saw Gerrera and tell him about Galen Arso. And it's like, man, that was really risky to do. And Bodhi really is like the catalyst that gets Rogue One really going. And yeah, and he is the one that really makes sure that those Death Star plans can get up to Leia and that Star Wars can happen. That backpack with all the cables on it is actually really important. (laughs) It really is. It really, those are like the most important cables in all of Star Wars ever. So it's is it not the most dynamic, visually exciting? Is there not is there Captain Tarples on a clad do? Is there Carrie Fisher talking to Poe Dameron? Is there, you know, Natalie Portman saying you gotta go kill Anakin? No. But it also is a really important scene. And we've said it a million times, you might be the bottom of the list of Star Wars, but you're still Star Wars. So you're still you're still at the top of another list. <laughs> There's another list you're on that you're towards the top. So last up, the wonderful solo film, Solo, about that guy, Solo. A hundred minutes in, what was it, Jason? This is a cool hundred minutes, and I was really happy to see this one. This is Han. He's doing the the showdown with like the, the whole Cloud Rider gang. They're all lined up. And when it's Han, Beckett, and Kira, and Chewbacca, and they're lined up. You happen to notice that freighter down there? You know what's on it? About 30 hired guns. All I gotta do is give them the signal, you're surrounded. It's, it's, a, it's a part where Solo is just really soaring. It's really fine. Alden Ehrenreich is like at one of his best. And it's a really good gag when the Falcon takes off. I, I really like this scene. This is number seven on my list. It's number five on mine. Yeah, all right. Yeah, this is the, 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 top, the top one that wasn't action-packed. And I think it was because, it, yeah, it's the only goofy one. It's the only joke. But it's a good joke. And it is probably one of my favorite parts of Solo, and it is actually a really good representation of what was Solo. Solo is a goofy, fun version of a Star Wars movie that is maybe less serious than some of the others, and this was a perfect example of that right at the 100-minute mark. And it made me want more of these characters again. 
which every time I watch some parts of Solo or Solo, the whole thing, it's like, oh, man, I forget how good this movie really is. No, I, I agree completely. And it's it's a fun, fun, fun scene. And the Enfys Nest is so cool to look at. And it's it's a great looking scene. I like that whole beach setting at the end. I wouldn't be surprised if we get something somewhere with at least one of the characters. We we have a new show coming out with Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen in it. So there's a good chance we'll get more Alden Ehrenreich. Even if it takes 20 years, we'll we'll get him back. <laughs> Amelia Clark. Who knows? Yeah. Even if Chewbacca shows up in something one day. Technically, that's a character from Solo. So It's true. So yeah, we did it. That was our hundred minute list ranking there. I don't know, like what have what have we learned here? Like looking back. Well, I think what started out as just a silly idea actually became a lesson and we learned about the structure of Star Wars movies and potentially movies in general that around the hundred minute mark is an important time for a movie to start building towards the end. And that Building towards the end is a very delicate thing to do. And it reflects the tone of everything you've seen before and what is about to happen in the film's conclusion. Yeah. And even though, yeah, it is almost the same thing structurally happening in every movie, what happens is different based on the feeling and tone of the entire movie. And sometimes... Captain Tarples shows up on a cladu and says, here's Queen Amidala, and it really doesn't get better than that. <laughs> sometimes it's an old man pointing at a screen with a grid on it. And sometimes it's C-3PO getting his head ripped off in a droid factory, and it's a digital C-3PO. <laughs> that is digital 3PO, right? Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> so weird. Oh, Attack of the Clones. It's the future. So yeah, let us know your top 100-minute moments. What 100-minute moment speaks to you the most? Share it on social media because we want to know. We want to hear your 100-minute moments. The 100-minute mark's a very personal thing. If you're not comfortable sharing it, listen, we understand. Yeah, but if you are, let us know how what what speaks to you at 100 minutes. Chewbacca and 18 other action figures all from Kenner Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back collection each sold separately at participating stores you can check specially marked packages for details on how to get the secret figure New Boss Alien Bounty Hunter not available in stores yet free with four proofs of purchase from any of The Empire Strikes Back action figures offer expires May 31st 1980 Darth Vader Chewbacca Boba Fett and other action figures each sold separately from Kenner Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back collection All right, we've got a little bit of time here, so let's do the thing we like to do. Let's read some of the reviews that you folks have left for us over there on Apple Podcasts. Gabe, what is our first one? Our first one is A Must Listen by Paulson26. And it says, these guys are tremendous. They truly have a love and passion for Star Wars. And this show is something truly unique in a world full of so many Star Wars podcasts. It takes special people to do a whole show on the Crate Dragon Call and make it feel like it's the most interesting thing in the world. And I would now argue that it is. Their enthusiasm is infectious. <laughs> it's special people. I would... I would. <laughs> Thank you, Paulson26. Yeah. This next one is titled So Much Fun by, this is a great name, Metallica Rules. The review says, 
This has quickly become my favorite Star Wars podcast. Not only do they go deep on some really obscure, fascinating topics, but they have infectious enthusiasm for Star Wars. Their love for the saga is real, and it shows. So much positivity and so many good vibes. Thank you, Metallica Rules. Good vibes and Metallica. That's all you need. Maybe pizza. <laughs> that's a Yeah, that's a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> What are you doing this weekend? Good vibes, pizza, and Metallica. My man, I'm coming over to your place. All right, next is What? What? With a lot of punctuation by Samir84. The word Mandalorian has never been said in a Star Wars movie. Wow, did not know that until listening to episode 280 of this awesome podcast. Now I'm wondering which future movie will be the first to have it spoken. Taika's movie or Patty's? Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. That yeah, I wonder if we will get it in a movie at some point. Probably, but maybe not. At this point, if if it hasn't happened yet, maybe it'll never happen. I'd say if it's going to happen in any of them, I would say Taika's because he already has the Mandalorian connection. And Taika's movie is a total wild card, and we have no idea what's going to go on in that. So, <laughs> for all we know, the only dialogue spoken in Taika's movie is going to be Mandalorian. Okay, the last one is titled Just Subscribe by Luke1138. I would listen to Jason and Gabe discuss anything they're enthusiastic about. Star Wars, of course. Indiana Jones, sure. Interviews, yes, plural, with QVC hosts from the 1990s. Why not? Their long friendship and resulting chemistry makes the podcast a pleasure to listen to. They are funny, so funny, in a way that doesn't rely on sarcasm or negativity. Their genuine positivity about all things Star Wars, they did an episode embracing Anakin's romantic dialogue from episode two, makes me love what I love Star Wars more and rethink what drives me crazy about it. Most of all, they've reminded me, taught me, that Star Wars is just supposed to be fun, and if you're mad about it, you're doing it wrong. I've listened weekly since 2018, gone back and listened to every episode since Inception, and pay monthly to listen to their Patreon content. I consider it money well spent and time well wasted. Can't thank you enough, Jason and Gabe, from Kevin. Well, Kevin, we can't thank you enough. That is that's wonderful. Yeah, thank you. There's nothing better than time well wasted. I, I know that real well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Samir84. Thank you, Metallica Rules. Thank you, Paulson26. And you should go write a little review on Apple Podcasts when you get done listening to this. Write, write a little something nice like all of them did, and we will eventually read yours on an upcoming episode. And it helps the show in mysterious ways. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank 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 you. Hi, JJ Abrams here. On behalf of the entire cast and crew of Star Wars Episode 7, thank you. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. Check out our website, blastpointspodcast.com, with the handy search feature if you're looking for a particular back episode. And make sure you're following us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you're on Facebook, make sure you're part of the Super Chill Group. And we want to support the show in a different way. We've got the Blast Points Army over there on Patreon where we have got the Seven Days of Dengar theme that you can download. we got all of our Mandalorian episode, review episodes, Clone Wars, Bad Batch review episodes. 
got an episode where we're talking about the Matrix Resurrections trailer and lots of fun stuff coming up on the Patreon in the rest of 2021 and 2022 is going to be a real crazy place over there. And we got to take a minute to thank the new members of the Blast Points Army over there on the Patreon. So huge thank you to John, Laura, Nathan, and Logan. Thanks for signing up and hope you dig all the stuff over there. Yeah, thank you everyone for everything. And that wraps up number 285. Did some counting. We did some thinking. Did some reflecting. We learned a little. We lived a little. Like Dryden Voss, we ate a little. We drank a lot. And, you know, I can't wait to see what happens at 105 minutes. Maybe at 120 minutes we can bring on Matt Pinfield to host with us. <laughs> uh, he, was, he was in that Kiss documentary, so maybe he's not that busy right now. <laughs> he's just waiting for people to talk to him. Well, Snoketoberfest continues next week, so we'll see what happens with that. But until then, thanks everyone for listening. Bye-bye. May the Force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the Force be with you. Six eighty-five. Yeah. May the force 